on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on Monday, September 6th. LA Galaxy getting ready for a September 11th kickoff against the Colorado Rapids. That'll take you all the way through this week. We have a bunch to get to. Some things to talk about. A bunch of guys off on international duty. We'll update you in a way. I don't want to get into all this drama that seems to be following a bunch of these teams around right now. Uh, at least no health officials went out on the field and stopped any of the CONCACAF games. So that's a that's a good start there. We'll, we'll kick that around. Going to talk about Jonathan Dos Santos. Going to talk about some standings updates, being there were some games that got played over this international break. Um, some other stuff as well. And we're going to have a G2 update um, as we sort of go about. And by the way... Um, we have a very special person who's going to help us do that. Filling in for Mr. Kevin Baxter, who is traveling with the U.S. men's national team covering their World Cup qualifiers. So he's out of the country is Mr. Christian Miles. Back again. Christian, how's it going, buddy? Sir, sir. Thank you for having me on here. I got some big shoes to fill, but um, yeah, like I see I'm a little, little chapped with the U.S. right now. <laughs> I'll try and keep that at bay. I'll be honest about it, but... Let's focus on the galaxy. Let's focus on what's going on in G World. But uh, just great to be a part of it here. And uh, thanks for having me on again. Absolutely, always glad to do it. Um, I, but we were talking beforehand. I am, uh, you know, I needed this break. One, we didn't have a show on Thursday night because I expected most people would be watching World Cup qualifiers that were happening throughout uh, Concacaf. Most of our listeners, I think, are Concacaf listeners. There, are, I'm sure there's others who've got Commonwealth and, and UEFA. I'm sure there's others in there as well. Um, but when we look at it, at least from from our perspective here, most are probably CONCACAF and there were a bunch of games on. So I'm like, let's not do Thursday. Plus, I wanted to watch a game and not have to like worry about having a show during the game. So we did that. And then um, as soon as that got done, like on Friday or Saturday, we started tearing up our entire room of which I do podcasting in. So that way we could have it adjusted and ready. And that meant a sprint today to get this studio studio still a bedroom, but looks more like an office now. We'll, we'll like it, it. Yeah, it's not bad. I, mean, I think we'll call it the fish tank. Uh, I would say a fish tank, but like a fish concert, kind of aquatic, ethereal, kind of public access show vibe. I love it. I mean, I mean, that is always what we're going for is the public access show vibe. <laughs> That's uh, your demo? Yeah, that that is definitely my demo. Yeah, I was going to say if there was anything else in there. If, if, if these were still the days when uh, the only way to get on TV was to have a public access show, I think at this point we'd have one. Um, well, I, I, I spent my whole day trying to like revamp my, my kid's bedroom here because... The last time I saw you guys at uh, 
Dignity Sports Park, Larry right. was giving me a, just a bunch of crap about my background. Right. He's like, it looked like you were like in an insane asylum, and I expected you to be in a straitjacket. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so that's Larry's way of telling me I got to up my background you, game. You, so you do. It's a little. There's a window here. I mean, right. I still, I could still do the white wall if you want it, Larry. No, I, that's I for you. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, no, I, I like this better. This looks, this is like, you know, a cottage setting. You could be anywhere, you know, in the Northeast or something like that. Maybe it's snowing outside. I am, I am very much, I know we're in early September and technically it's still summer, but as soon as it hits September 1st, I'm like, oh, so fall's here. That's great. And then the temperatures get up to like, you know, 95 or 98 today or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, you know, you got, you got to force fall. This is what we do in Southern California. We, we don't have it's the a false season. Flag. It's a false flag summer trick. I'm, I'm with you, man. Yeah. You got to, you know, get all your pumpkin spice stuff that you have out of the cupboard, yeah. you know, and start going this way. I'm not saying you have to drink that stuff. I'm just saying your house should smell like pumpkin for the remainder yeah. of the year until December hits. That's I think that's more, that's more of a hammer thing for me. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't really get on board with that because I mean, I love me some pumpkin, but then I get the pumpkin stuff from Starbucks and I look at it. There's, there's no pumpkin in it. No, no, there's none. It just tastes you know, like, it's it like vanilla corn syrup or something. I don't know. You know, uh, we I've started making my own coffee. I've told you that I bought my wife a, an espresso maker. I don't drink mm-hmm. real coffee. I only drink white girl coffee, which we've explained many times on this show. Yes. Um, so my white girl coffee that I drink now, I make myself and I get some weird sort of satisfaction out of that. Like ridiculous. I'm like, I, hey, I made my own coffee this morning. Here, look at this. And so my wife is like, that's great. I do it every morning i'm like okay i'm just i'm just saying i i made my coffee <laughs> so give yourself a pat on the back it's it's one notch above sanka i always pat myself on the back i want you to know that don't don't ever worry about that so a little different setup here on my side of things if you're listening on the podcast check it out on youtube it is fun uh, i do like put a lot of you know thought in the lighting and different things like that so um you know Come join us and, and have some fun on YouTube as well. So uh, that's where we sit. Now, there were seven players called into the international ranks by the LA Galaxy. So we have seen um, some of those players get uh, play some minutes. Uh, Danilo Acosta actually got 90 minutes under his belt, and he had not made a senior team debut. Um, and so he made a senior team, team debut. He at least has 90 minutes so far. Um, I, yeah. I, again, not worried about the results of the game, more about the minutes that uh, that have been gained, all right? Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos will come back to. Uh, Nico Hamelainen, I actually watched some of his game, uh, the first game that they played against Wales. Uh, nice 0-0 game, um, yeah. you know, and I, I guess if that's fun for you, but he has about 105 minutes, I think, so far over two games that they've played so far, and I have another one coming up as well. But he, let in a, he, he gave away a penalty kick in that game, which was, he, he, not to be a party pooper here, but just not 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 what you want to do, especially after they had the last showing. I, I was going to say it, it seems to maybe be a habit of his, which and and I have said um, I, I called it lazy, and it's not lazy in terms of physical. It's lazy in terms of thinking because in the penalty yep. kick he gave against Wales, you had a guy basically trapped against the end line, and you go to ground and you give him a bet, you bailed him out, and they get a penalty kick. They saved it, right? So you know nobody's really mm. going to remember it that much. But you yeah. think about the LAFC game with the penalty, which I agree is a soft penalty, but don't put your hands there. Don't mental mm. mental laziness. Get your hands yeah. down, you know? Don't don't give the referee an excuse. Absolutely. So um, he has about 105 minutes under his belt so far. Carlos Harvey has 45 minutes under his belt, um, obviously playing down at G2, um, but we're still keeping track of him. Uh, Sebastian Legette, 95 minutes so far, got five minutes and 90 minutes in the U.S.'s two games. And then uh, Ryan uh, Ravellison, uh, so far 90 minutes with Madagascar. And I think that they had a game on Thursday, and then their next game isn't until Tuesday, so tomorrow, actually. Actually, 6 a.m. Pacific time, 
if you want to wake up early for Madagascar at Tanzania. Um, so that one will be played there. Uh, Sebastian Lejet still has a Wednesday night game that he has to play. Carlos Harvey has a Wednesday night game. Nico Hamalainen has a Tuesday night game, it looks like. Um, I'm trying to think of it. Jonathan Dos Santos technically has a Wednesday. We'll talk about Jonathan Dos Santos. Again, he has not played in either of Mexico's two games. Right. Uh, and there's a reason for that. And we will start with that here pretty quickly. Uh, Danilo Acosta um, has one more game as well on Wednesday. So there's also... Um, uh, O'Neill Fisher, and I did not get to check to see if he played any for Jamaica, but Jamaica has started uh, World Cup qualifying with two losses, so I would imagine that they wouldn't hesitate to throw him in, and I'm pretty sure that their English-based players, or the England-based players, I should say, um, have to leave and will not be available for the third game, so if O'Neill Fisher hasn't played and I didn't check on it, uh, maybe I'll do that while, while I let Christian talk, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll see that. If he, they haven't played, I would imagine he would play um, coming up on this this Wednesday night that's coming up for Jamaica as well. So, um, I, I mean, a lot of Galaxy players on international duty, we knew that, yeah. um, but there's also some minutes being racked up by these bodies too, Christian. I think that has to be a worry whenever you look at the September schedule and everything that's sort of coming at the LA Galaxy. And miles too. I mean, that, that's one of the big concerns of travel time and you, work, you throw into the fact that, you know, these guys are doing these, you know, quick turnarounds and then the minutes played factoring into that. I mean, you never want to be recovering from muscle injuries when you're on an airplane. I mean, any, any player will tell you that. Um, yeah, you bring up a good point. And, and, and then tight turnaround after the international break with the game against the, the Rapids coming up on Saturday, the 11th. So it's something to keep your eye on. I'm sure Greg Vanny is basically has his finger on the pulse right now. But, you know, you just you're, you're kind of praying. I mean, it, it's, it makes you kind of selfish in a way. It's like a conflict of interest, right? I mean, you, everybody has their national team that they're backing. You're like, yeah, you want them to do well. You want the U.S., you Mexico or yeah, hell, even Finland. Right. Whatever you want to do well, but you know at the same time you don't want to come at the expense of your club, and you know, God willing, you want them all to come back completely healthy and, and nobody getting injured. So, yeah, it's it's always um, it's always a toss up, and I think you know certainly with you want those guys, and the experience is good, right? So that's the other thing oh, is great. you want to be like, oh, this is this is great, um, and that's how it goes. By the way, uh, Football Reference has O'Neill Fisher playing eleven minutes so far um, in his. That's a good. That's good for us, yes, right? Yes. Um, that's right. good for the galaxy in, in terms of that. Of course, uh, Julian Rajo, I think a guy who could be used either on Mexico or the United States is not putting any miles or minutes on his legs. Um, and so that'll be a positive that for the, for the guys who are not international players, they get to rest, right? This has been a recovery time. Uh, no yep. games until it comes up. Greg Vanny gave some, some, some time off. Um, I didn't see a schedule come out today, but I also have like 185 unread email messages. So yeah. I will get to that eventually. Um, and, and look like that. Uh, and, and figure out when that, what the schedule is or if they even put a schedule out. But I know that Greg Vanny given some time off. Um, they started with like three days off and then they come back and they train for a little bit. Side, side note, I mean, Julian Rao, this is how dedicated he was. Joe, Joe Totino and I were doing the, the G2 game on Wednesday night at uh, the Track and Field Stadium. And guess who pops up to the booth on his week off? Yep, yep, Julian Rao. I mean, I mean, yeah, he was in it and he stayed for the whole game. He was sitting right below us and he was into it. I mean... You know, I made, made a, this smattering a couple of appearances for G2, but, you know, that's how in tune he was, and that's kind of how much of, of a stake in the game he has. It's kind of nice to see. He is one of those guys who I feel like just being around him and, and sort of getting to understand him is that it's all soccer all the time. Like, there's no such thing mm -hmm. as too much soccer, right? So he's he's locked in. He loves it all. You know what? I mean, I've been covering this league, you know, going way too long, and I remember running into players and they're not fans of the game. You know, some of them barely knew who Manchester United was 
that's not the case anymore. And I, I, I personally, I like it when a player is a fan of the game because it, it lets them learn from different angles and different cultures and different games. And to see Julian, you know, Julian's a fan of the game. He loves it. I mean, he's out there on his day off on a Wednesday, you know, right. um, watching, you know, the USL championship team. So, yeah, I, I, I like I think that's something that's kind of changed here, like a paradigm shift in the last you know, maybe five to ten years where these guys are in tune. Obviously, there's more soccer available to us. Um, but it's nice to see that. They're not just fans of, you know, it's not just a job and they and they focus on themselves. They're aware of what else is going on and they can take that into their individual games and apply it. It's kind of nice to see. I, I would consider myself one of those people, right, that that just consumes soccer at all ways. But um, I was burned out after August. So I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, a little break. Oh, okay. I'm burned out now, man. I feel you. I mean, it's. It's, it's it, it culminates. Sometimes you see like the last few days I've had a, a step away from the end. I'm like, I've got to stop. And then after, the, you know, the, the El Salvador game, I'm like, I really need a break right now. because <laughs> I'm really I'm, I'm I'm depressing myself. So can, can, can I say, you know, I, that's why I got this. I started punching myself in the face. I, so. I, I understand. That's a that, that's a normal uh, if you're a fan of U.S. soccer, that's a normal thing for everybody to have happen. Yeah, I, I will say this. Um, and I remember this and, and this was not the failed attempt. But if you remember the the qualifying for the attempt before this, um, Omar Gonzalez at one point was was on the LA Galaxy and he was also playing for the U.S. men's national team. There was an event I ended up going to, um, and I've told this story many times, but my wife went to school with Omar Gonzalez, AJ De La Garza. AJ actually knows my wife from uh, the University of Maryland um, and um, all above board, by the way. I, every time I say that, everybody's like, oh, okay, you know, no, above, this is, they were friends. They, they are yeah. not friends, but they knew of each other, right? They were right. in the same thing. But I remember talking to Omar Gonzalez at this event. Um, and we were we were going into it, and so I said I said Omar, I go, you know, the U.S. is struggling. I mean, you know, this was under Klinsman, right? This was mm-hmm. before Klinsman got fired, right? So this was the cycle yeah. Klinsman got everybody too. And I go, I go, but you know, you guys are struggling. You know, how do you feel? He goes, you know, World Cup qualifying is ridiculously hard. He goes, but we'll pull it through. We'll pull through. We'll get there, and we'll make it happen, and we'll do that. And that's what's going to happen for this too. I know everybody wants to hit the panic button. You know, I said I said oh, yeah. I said there was some fear porn going on on Fox, um, like a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Those guys were just, oh, the sky is opening. The gray clouds are building. They're like trying to make it this ominous thing. And I'm like, chill out. Everything. I have a feeling. And by the way, I'm this way with the LA Galaxy too, right? Which is chill out. We're going to we're gonna see it play out. It won't mm-hmm. be as bad as you think it is. Or, hey, maybe you're looking in and maybe it will be as bad. But as far as I see it, um, I wouldn't worry about that right now. But I do think that Julian Rajo would make a great addition to the U.S. men's national team like right now. Um, if he wanted oh, to yeah, yeah, I'd start him right now, especially if, you know, we haven't had the best of outings at fullbacks, no names mentioned. So I think there's a yes. space for him. And, you know, I think he's probably one of the better two way players that deserves it. I, I tried to get him to do some G2 commentary to make right. his commentary debut. And right. he like, I asked him and he just turned around and walked right out the door. <laughs> I love just, it. That's a no. I love it. Very good. All right, let's get to Jonathan Dos Santos because I said we would talk about him and, and pretty rapidly. There's a couple things going on with Jonathan Dos Santos. One is I was told that he has a muscle injury of some sort. This is why you have not seen him play any minutes with Mexico. And I know everybody rolls their eyes and goes, here we go again. And I agree with that general sen- sentiment. Um, I don't believe it's super serious only because I think they listed him on the bench for the second game. So I think there's a possibility he could even get some minutes in the third game for Mexico coming mm-hmm. up. That being said, it's not the best thing you want to hear about Jonathan Dos Santos 
Santos, a guy who seems like he's perpetually injured, um, that you're going to, you know, that he's injured again. Again, I, it was, it was, it was told to me, I believe this. Um, he hasn't played in two games. It seems like that seem that's, they're sort of leading in that direction. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's super serious, but at the same time, do they ever seem like they're super serious with Jonathan Dos Santos? They're just enough to always keep him out of games is, is usually, um, the, the way it goes. And then, this is a guy, and if you understand that maybe he was injured, then you understand him having a little bit of fun whenever he was on the field. And they took a video with—I uh, don't remember who he was with. It was—it was—and it was all, had to be translated for me because I'm a moron whenever it comes to Spanish, and I understand about three <laughs> words. Um, but it, it all had to be translated for me, so I listened to it and I saw it. And basically, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos was saying, saying, "Oh, you know, oh, Club America—they want me. Oh, yeah, you know, give up, give the coach call. You know, here's my number. The whole deal. He's joking on the video, saying, "Oh, yeah, I'll play there. The whole deal." Here's the thing um, with that is that everybody was giving him some some crap for that. They were like, come on, John, you, you're the captain of the LA Galaxy. You can't be saying stuff like that. And I'm like, you get I mean, first of all, there's first of all, he, he came out and said, Christian, that he was joking afterwards. All right. So he came out yeah. and he says, you know, basically my on my options to go to Club America are aren't happening right now. Uh, the contract with the Galaxy ends at the end of this year, but I have never thought of leaving. What's more until now, I have not formally spoken with any club and there is very little time left until the end of the season. Still knowing that that's not the best option for me. Um, or the best scenario for me, I'm still waiting for the LA Galaxy to make me an offer. It is clear that if it does not happen, I will have to leave no matter how painful mm. it is. Uh, P.S. Don't take all the comments too seriously. We were just kidding. Greetings, you know, uh, and, and the whole deal. So that was, that was, and I had to paraphrase all that because it's translated by, you know, Google and, and things, but that was the general gist of things. Now, yeah, Christian, here's the thing. One is a guy who's perpetually injured is injured again. He's on international duty, which he always seems to be on international duty. But the only reason it seems that way is because he's always injured whenever he's playing for the LA Galaxy. And I don't Mm. think that's unfair to him. I think that that is an accurate description of sort of, you know, how available he's been throughout his career with the LA Galaxy. Um, But here's the deal. He may say he's joking there, but he's absolutely not joking because the LA Galaxy have not offered him a contract. His contract expires at the end of this year. We all knew that. Um, Mm -hmm. And we know that within six months of an expiring contract, you can start negotiating. It is in Jonathan Dos Santos's best interest to start negotiating now with other clubs. That way he has a place to play whenever the winter transfer window opens. If the LA Galaxy decide not to not to offer him a contract extension. Um, Does that make sense? Right. I mean, that's that's from his best perspective, from his perspective, Christian. That's what he should be doing right now. He's playing dumb, but he's also playing a very coy and, and kind of a, a different level of cards right now where he's saying, hey, you know what? I'm I'm just joking, but I'm also, hey, I'm also available. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I I really, in my heart of hearts, as, as a loyal servant, how nice and great a guy he is, I think he's done here. And, and he's given us his best, and he's done all pretty much that he can here right now. Um, it didn't exactly fulfill the expectations we had when we thought he were, were getting him back in 2017, but he's given some great years, and, and now it's time for him to move on. He knows it's going on, and he's letting the agents be known. I don't know who's handling his business anymore. Uh, with you know, yeah, because that used to be his, his father. Yeah, that used to be his father was was uh, the boy's mm-hmm. agent. So um, yeah. yeah, without him there, I don't know if that's a that's a. Uh, and that was that was the tie to Club America, and, and that's what you know how the move for Geo was facilitated when Geo's contract was terminated. So yeah, it's it's just interesting, and what's going to happen with him? Uh, it I mean, Geo's performances on the pitch to say they've left a lot to be desired. 
you know, almost sugarcoating it a little bit and right. I'm not going to poo poo on it, but it just hasn't been good enough. And, and when that happens, then I think both parties will actually be happy to move on, turn the page and move on. And I really think that's what's going to happen. However, he has to go about his business as long as he doesn't poo poo on his teammates or his, or his, or his team. And then, you know, so be it. And that's the way it should be. So yeah. best of luck, move on. Yeah. I, I will tell you this. Um, the LA galaxy have not had any contract talks with him i was able to at least figure that out so far Uh, i will tell you that they are planning on having talks with him so that is coming um i'll tell you right now that if they already haven't started that conversation i can't imagine the conversation is going to be very long whenever they do and Mm -hmm. at one point we were all talking about how jonathan dos santos would be a good tam player a targeted allocation money player now you have a guy who gets cramps in almost every single game Right to the point where me as a reporter, I have to ask Greg Vanny, the coach all the time, Christian, whether or not Jonathan is injured after a game. Did Jonathan get injured? No, he's fine. It's like, okay, cool. I just, <laughs> Vanny's reactions are always great. Like here comes Guessman with the injury question. <laughs> he's, dude, he's, I'm, <laughs> he's so sick of me. I guarantee. And, and we've never even met in person, which is another thing that's just sort of weird, right? We just talk on, on zoom and everything else, but it's like one of those things. I'm sure he sits there as soon as he says, uh, Josh, go ahead. You know, as soon as they give me the go ahead, he's like, all right, who's injured that he's going to ask me about who is he not going to, who does he not know is injured like you know the whole deal so um it's always i I, he's he's, 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 i mean i gotta say greg is so candid so forthright and just you know self-effacingly almost on i mean he's so honest that it's great i've never seen a coach answer anything succinctly i mean he'll go for first your question then your second question so and you, you've been around. It's so nice to have a, a coach like that. It is. Well, and, and he doesn't, I mean, there's no MLS requirement to talk about injuries. And Bruce Arena used to be like, uh, he's not training oh. with us. You know, he's like, it's like, well, what's wrong with him? Who cares? He's not training. You know, it's like the whole deal. It's like, oh, okay. Um, with Greg, how it's like, yeah, how dare you ask that question? What are you doing? Hey, Miles, what are you doing? Um, um, so... So it's just it's just one of those things that you have to look at and you say, yeah, he, he talks about it. I mean, Jonathan Dos Santos has been injured a lot. Yeah. Um, even if we just look at and I did some quick like back of the napkin stuff before we were able to hop on here. But if you look games played at 91 games played total for for Jonathan Dos Santos in his L.A. Galaxy career, that's excluding the playoffs, the two playoff games they played in 2019. Um, and then the 80 games started. I think the 80 games started is more of a thing to focus on, because as a designated player, you would expect that there is um, that you are a, a guy who starts most games, right? A designated player is a guy who starts most games, a guy who goes in almost 90 minutes. As a central midfielder, that's more difficult whenever you put that sort of mileage on your legs. But um, I went through and calculated the seasons real quick, and I think I got 124 total games, and he started 80 games. So he's only started less than 65% of the games the LA Galaxy have had, which is a ridiculously low, low number. If you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, by the way, um, and use the 91 games, then it's 73%, roughly 74% of the games. But those 90, there's been, a, uh, we know this, in some of those games started that he didn't even make it through the first half. Um, so really, if you want to break it down, you'd have to go for total minutes and total minutes in those games. And then it really sort of becomes um, apparent of of how much you know time he has missed. But, you know, international duty certainly takes some of that away, Christian. I understand mm-hmm. that. And I don't think you should hold that against him. But at the same time, Absolutely. if you're injured all the time and you're away at international duty, that it doesn't it doesn't help. Both of those things are, are absences. And so I think um, I think if you're looking at. Um, you know, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos and his time. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the galaxy haven't talked to him yet. Um, the galaxy haven't talked to Dennis DeClosa yet in terms of possibly, you know, extending his time either Christian. So 
there's a whole bunch of stalling going on, yeah. in my opinion, whenever you look at the front office. And usually whenever there's stalling going on, that mean that's not a great prospect for the future, in, in my opinion, of course. I agree, but it's also in a holding pattern, too, to see where, you know, he's still got a good chunk of the season left. They want to see where this is taking, you know, and Greg and, and Dennis are, are two parties that are huge figureheads still, you know, they've been working together, but these guys have been, they haven't been together for a year. Right. And you need such good synergy between, you know, a technical director or a general manager and your head coach. And so trying to get those exactly on the same wavelength is not just something to just, hey, you come in and you click and you go. And because, you know, as you go, you have to have that, you have to have that synergy between, you know, the, the GM and the TD and as well as the, the head coach as well down to the coaching staff to the, to the players. So that's not something that happens automatically. They're still working through that. Um, personally, for me, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Dennis. I would be very sad if he left. Um, I think he's a guy that, you know, can help steer this team in the right direction. And he's proved it. He brings an international pedigree. He brings out international experience and an international contact. Some, and he brings something different than what Greg Vanny has. And right. I think that's great, you yeah. know, because Greg Vanny, we know about his French contacts and he played, you know, then in Le Championnat, now in Ligue 1, and his contacts are extensive and they've proven to be fruitful because it's hard. You know, most of the signings have, have hit yeah. for yeah. the most part. I mean, they haven't been perfect, but no signings are. But, but at the same time, here is Dennis over here who has all that experience with the Mexican youth system and all the experience with Tigres and this time down south of the border. That brings something extra. If you can widen your breadth and widen your breadth as well as um, your, your wider net, then it can only serve the team better. So if he left, I, I would be sad. And I, I really like what he's done. He's a great guy, but uh, professionally, I think he's, he brings a lot to the table for this team. And you, you and I were talking before the show, if he doesn't stay with the Galaxy, he'll move on. But he will be of big use to someone else. And I, I just, I wouldn't like to see him go. Yeah, I, I think that's that sort of the whole thing. And, and my whole... My whole argument about a lot of this thing is let's take it at its sort of the dumb it, dumb it down as much as possible. You're the LA Galaxy. You have literally sucked for the last five years, right? You're finally turning things around. The, the mm -hmm. LA Galaxy are setting themselves up for more longer term success, certainly with the age and the type of players that they have put themselves in. So you're doing all this stuff. You're finally getting the positive sort of steps forward. And by the way, September could be a giant step backwards for the Galaxy. Don't let's not mince words. That schedule is tough. Yeah. It's on the road a lot. We'll talk about that here in a little bit as we have sort of made. So it could be a giant step backwards. You're not there yet. This project is not done, but you're finally stepping in the right direction. Why do you want to change something? Or do you, why do you feel the need to change something whenever all the changes you have made previously have, have dug a deeper hole for yourself? So it's sort of like, oh, everything's finally working. Let's try changing something. And it's like, let's just let this play out a little bit. If, you know, I would be nervous to try and and do anything that upsets this apple cart. It's finally going in the right direction, Christian. Right. And, and if you change one thing, I can't tell you how big of an impact um, Dennis DeClosa has had on this team. I think that there are a lot of things that people don't pay attention to that he's had a tremendous amount of impact on talking mm -hmm. about academy players, um, just, you know, all of the academy into G2 and then developing that pipeline and keeping some of the talent that has escaped before I think that's Dennis whenever I look at that because he understands those things um, certainly knowledgeable on the subject if you ever talked to him about it he seems to be that guy who's holding things together so um, why would you change that your academy is finally like working in that direction why would you change 100% because Dennis Tecloza is a master of youth academies and bringing young players scouting young players identifying young talent and bringing it through the pipeline and 
not only does he have that experience south of the border, he knows how to navigate the youth system landscape and all the contractual nuances and business and all the craziness that you have to know about this league, which is so unique to the rest of the world in regards of the way they do uh, the soccer business. So there is a strength in him. He is a real good master of youth development and overseeing these types of things. And we know they did uh, lose their their director a few months ago. So that's kind of a blow. And perhaps there might be a changing of the guard there. Who knows? That's pure speculation. But yeah, Dennis, I think if there is a feather in his cap, and one of them is, is, you know, this is a guy that's recognized some young talent throughout the years. You know, he's spotted Jonah back in the day and Chicha, you know, back in the day, um, which wasn't difficult, obviously, right. given their talent levels. But I think that would be a huge loss to lose that type of ability and, and insight from a guy like that, especially coming from Mexico, where that's, that's not Greg Vanny's strong suit right now. It's not exactly his area of expertise. Right. So, but I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Josh, in terms of it. it We've had so much chopping and changing yes. for the last four years. And I mean, you said it yourself. It's 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 been terrible the last five years. I mean, you and I sat there in that press booth and you know wiped each other's tears over 2017. Right. But you get the feeling. I mean, I I, I know it's going in the right direction. You just know. You can see it. And you don't any any deviation of the rudder is going to steer you off course. So. I, I, I'm with you as you were. Yeah, exactly. Just I, I, w- I would leave everything the same. But yeah. you go back to Jonathan Dos Santos again and sort of looking at him and and, and seeing where that sits. Um, you know, we at one time said he would be a great TAM player. And now I don't know that you can make that argument that he's a good targeted allocation money. And he's 31 years old. It's not like he's old, but some bodies give up and it feels like his body has given up. He's not as fast, certainly in the center of the field. He's dealing with those cramps almost every single game. These are all issues that the galaxy are going to have to deal with if they want to keep Jonathan Dos Santos. And at this point that's on in major league soccer, a capped league where every dollar you spend under the cap is extremely expensive. Um, so, if you're taking him as a designated player and moving him down underneath the cap, that's money you're going to have to spend underneath the cap. Now um, there's always a cost associated with the designated player that yeah. hits a cap, but at the same time, you, you're, you're going to have to absorb more than that on the cap. So that's a cap hit as well. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to make an argument for someone like Jonathan Dos Santos. And I think in other places around the world, maybe in Mexico and some other places, he would be a great option to come off the bench and play, you know, 20, 30 minutes, everyone, every other game or something like that to give you sort of that ability to lock down and slow down a game. Because I think that's quite honestly where he sits best is at a six right now but with the way that he's running and having to run for 90 minutes which he can't do anymore and greg vanny knows that because he subs him constantly um that's what you're seeing his limitations and that limitation can't come from a designated player uh the galaxy have too many options with a dp and what that the 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 everybody always asks how much is a dp worth well it's priceless in major league soccer literally it does not matter uh you can spend as much money as you want on it and for a team like the la galaxy um you know somebody who's paying chicharito seven plus million dollars um you know you have uh you have uh jonathan dos santos um you know you have these designated players and you need to get something out of them. Kevin Cabral is on the lower end of that, but you need to get something out of these guys. And right now, Jonathan Dos Santos, you're not getting anything out of them. Yeah, and, and Kevin, with the case being a young DP under that you know U22 initiative, it, it kind of throws a little bit of an asterisk in there and a little bit of a different wrinkle. Where yes, you can, you know, tolerate some of the shortcomings, and it is frustrating at times. But there is a high ceiling with him, and you take that with that. But with with Jonathan and Jonah, it's a completely different. You, you, the, the, the very least you expect from a footballer is to be available for the games that you are available for. Yeah. And especially in a situation where it's so accentuated in the designated player rule where you've got three spots 
and that you you that's the bare minimum. You could we can sit here and tear up the the performances of Jonah or whoever, and that's another whole matter. But that's the bare minimum, and when that's not being done, then that's when you have to reevaluate. And unfortunately, that that that's what's happening. And it's not just something that's been happening this year. It's it's something that's been going on. I mean, when he's 100% fit, he, he he's one of the best number eights, if number sixes in the league. But we, you know, it's been a while since we've seen that. 2019. That was, I mean, 2019 was yeah. his best season with the LA Galaxy. That was the year that we said, as Jonathan Dos Santos yeah. plays the LA Galaxy, playing Zlatan Ibrahimovic was on the front of that, front end of that team. But at the same time, Zlatan was always going to score goals. It was how was Jonathan going to help shut down that midfield and help supply and, those goals to, to Zlatan? And it's, to me, it's ironic. You know, Zlatan was, you know, 37 when mm-hmm. he was here and he was available for almost 100% of the games. Yeah. He he got he got he got a little little injury here and there, but he played a vast majority. Nobody's ever going to say that Zlatan didn't come and play. Uh, yeah, you know that that dude got got off a plane and scored one of the greatest goals in MLS <laughs> history. So uh, that was, by the way, I remember that uh, specifically. There was a uh, there was a a Swedish fan who was like, "Oh, Zlatan's going to play in that game." I'm like, "He just got off the plane. He's not going to play." And then I was like, "Oh no, no, he played." Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "That was that was my bad. I didn't know. I didn't know." Um, let's let's. You, gotta, you never. I mean, you know what, Josh? When when we were signed, that whole thing, I was like, "Oh God, here they come." Yep. You you never doubt that man. Nope. Ever, Period. Ever. Just don't. Period. I mean, he can be 47. I mean, he, Randy will never doubt him. It's it's uh yeah, never. You <clears throat> shouldn't shouldn't ever <clears throat> again. That's for <clears throat> sure. Um, if we're looking at um at at Galaxy Two, and let's just shift gears for a second because I know that you got to cover some some Galaxy. I you you get to do a <clears throat> lot of play by play, a lot of color on uh, on Galaxy Two. I'm so Joe Tatino's stunt man. Yeah, you you absolutely are. Um, but you know. It's been, it feels like certainly from, I, I observe, I don't necessarily watch, but I, I look at box scores and I look at some highlights and I look at some stuff. Um, the Galaxy 2 is very hit and miss this year. Uh, certainly they have some ups, they have some downs. I think some of the better teams in USL, and again, the teams that are there to 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 win USL and not just develop talent, um, usually have a have an edge on uh, on, on Galaxy Two. Whenever I watch, uh, lost four to two to to Landon Donovan's uh, San Diego Loyal over the weekend. I think it was yeah, it was this weekend. It's all blurring together. Three days. Um, how it go- I actually feel like to, right now is Thursday, so I I have no idea what day it is. But over the weekend, I know that they they lost four to two. Uh, Remy Cabral I think scored um, in that game as well. And so um, there's been some, but there's been some good players. I mean, how do we look at Galaxy Two, or how should we look at Galaxy Two? Um, I honestly always say it's a development thing, um, exactly. but but it is it can be about results too, though, can it? Well, that's the the the, the tightrope that head coach Junior Gonzalez walks. He's got to have the synergy with Greg Vanny as well as Dennis DeCloza. and the goal paramount. You know, the first and foremost goal is to develop players, and that they will tell you that every time. But you know, every coach knows, and every head coach knows. You know, also results do count. Now it's different because. Like you mentioned, there are other teams that are built to win this league. The Galaxy are built to develop. That is first and foremost job one. So when you're looking at points and wins and losses, goals for, goes against, you have to take that into account when you see that. The Galaxy are struggling in terms of the sheer numbers right now, but in terms of patterns of play, in terms of the players that are being developed and coming through the pipeline, I just look at the players that have come through that pipeline and are actually part of that Galaxy senior team roster. Uh, and you know, the list is on and on, going all the way back to, you know, Romney and Steris way back in the day, you know. Right. Jack McBean. Right. Come through the, um, 
so that that's where you gauge the success of this. That's not the case for Atlanta Donovan, San Diego, Loyal, or Sacramento Republic, or in Orange County SC, where they're putting out 29, you know, 27 to 30 year olds who have a lot of cases MLS experience, um, that composure, a little more physical development. So it's almost an un, it, it's not a fair measurement because it's it's a, it's a different metric which each team is being engaged upon. Where these teams from MLS that have these farm teams in US USL, for lack of a better phrase. Their priority, like a sporting Kansas City too, Prieto Vermes wants his players to develop. Yes, the results matter, but first and foremost, where's my next fullback? Right. Where's my next number six? Where's my center back? Is he ready? And he's talking to Paulo Nagamura, or Vanny's talking to Junior Gonzalez, saying, "Hey, how's Junior? How's Jesus, Jesus Vasquez doing? How's Jalen Neal doing?" Right. So that's where I feel that the comparison is not fair, and, and the deck the deck is stacked against him. But I tell you what, Josh, I mean, I watch these guys week in and week out. They are fun to watch. They play good football. They play, I think they play, they, they punch above their weight in terms of experience level. Because I think at one point during this season, we had about seven teenagers right. in the first 11. And and then to see them hanging with a Sacramento Republic or a San Diego Loyal, who are very good teams, by the way, um, is a testament in itself. So I think they're in the right direction and they're learning the nuances of the game. And also some of these players are learning new positions where we're seeing players who are wingers now converted into fullbacks. We're seeing, for the example of, you talked about Carlos Harvey, who's now being converted from a number six to a center back. Mm -hmm. That all happens down there. And, you know, I don't think we pay enough attention to it. That it's also, I think it's an unfair metric and judgment yardstick so to speak to say hey all oh, the galaxy are in fifth they're doing terrible but no that's not the case yeah it, it is and it's always and i've always said <laughs> if you've never watched usl games um you should go down and watch usl games just because um i call them frenetic right they are they're end to end they're sprints i mean and they're usually younger younger ish people Oh, yeah. Um, who have the legs to be able to pull that off for 90 minutes. And so it's sprint to one end, sprint to the other end. Um, if you, you've been watching, you know, obviously all, all season uh, outside of maybe some of the senior team players that are playing down uh, with Galaxy 2. I mean, where, do you see some some guys who are possibly on the edge of, of making that next jump up to, to Major oh, yeah. League Soccer? Who, who, give us some names. Um, Jorge Hernandez is a player that plays as a number 10 Creative influence, great free kick specialist. I mean, uh, he's a dead ball maestro. He's been, you just look at his stats, uh, he's like seven or eight goals. Um, the striker, Preston Judd, is yes. a work in progress right mm-hmm. now. He's really made some inroads. Um, blows a little hot and cold, but he's a kid. But he's got, you know, he's got a very good ceiling. Uh, the fullbacks with Owen Lamb and Josh Track, who have, you know, adapted well, and whether it's wide in defense, they can play in the three back. Um, Isaac Bawa, Jalen Neal for me is one of the players that um, he's been injured for about most of the year. Right. But anybody in this organization, <clears throat> excuse me, that sees him, at one point this team, this kid was being touted as a possible European prospect. He's not at full 100. He hasn't really come online 100 percent yet. But when he's on, he is that prototypical central defender that is big, strong. He's filling out his body. He's just a kid. And I think he's like 17, yeah. 18 maybe. But his distribution out of the back is exactly what you need out of a modern day center back and, and something that's prized, especially amongst a lot of the European leagues. So those are some of the names uh, that I see right now. And, you know, we're going to see old Jonathan Klinsman pull off a, you know, put up a pretty good effort the other night. So um, there's competition for spots at the goalkeeping position with Justin Baumstieg, who's done well, who right. I believe got a future in Major League Soccer. I see it in him. <clears throat> so there's players there that, 
really can make some inroads. But at, at the top of the list, I'd say Jorge Hernandez really captures the eye. Danny Aguirre, mm-hmm. the number eight. We've seen him. Yes. He's a box-to-box number eight, and he can get between the lines and between the boxes, break up play. He's, for me, one of the more perf- the players that's mature beyond his years. So, um, I mean, I could do this all day, so yeah, I'll, I, I'll stop. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy it, I, and I'm glad that we get to uh, we get to hear it from you on a on a sort of regular basis. And and like I said, this is one of the things you and I talked about was getting it regular updates on Galaxy Two. Um, it used to be back in the day, I used to actually be able to go down and and watch more games. Um, having yeah. having having a younger mm. one in the house probably uh, limits my my G two excursions, and that's fine. Um, you can watch them by the way on ESPN Plus. So if you have ESPN Plus, you get all the USL games. You can watch all of them so i would suggest that uh people do that if they want to sort of catch that and and going on um one of the things i've been getting a lot of uh sort of hits on twitter and i always rely on everybody to follow these things and you guys send it my way and then hopefully i can give you uh, a little bit of information on this is uh there is a a young player and and christian i i know you watched uh alejandro alvarado play i think last year for <clears throat> or not last year or maybe usl um sort of in that direction um i know that he has been uh, been there. Um, so it, this is a guy who apparently has just signed with a mid to lower level Portugal team. Um, he was a guy who came through the LA Galaxy Academy. Um, and then after uh, last year, uh, USL, I think that he decided he was going to go a different direction. And we have seen this um, whenever yeah. we're talking about Cuevas and Cuevas was a big question. Why isn't Cuevas playing? Why isn't Cuevas playing? Why? And remember, we got Dennis DeClosa on the show to ask him why Cuevas wasn't playing. Um, and he told us that he had made a decision and that, you know, everybody has to make these decisions. And the same thing uh, is true here with uh, Alejandro Alvarado, who is yep. a good kid um, has played on the USU 16s um, has done some things uh, you know Christian that that have been good um, and I think the LA Galaxy would have been happy to continue to have him um, you know develop through the USL system there and possibly make his way towards the senior team lots of stepping stones that have to be made um, but he has decided that that's not the way he wants to go the same way that Cuevas has decided that he doesn't mm-hmm. want to go. I think Mendez, uh, Yulianes as well, um, have all decided and all have mm-hmm. the same agents um, as well. And so it's clearly this is the path um, that the uh, that these guys want to go down. And I don't think they believe a lot in what the LA Galaxy are doing. Or certainly they think that they can do it better and that they can be you know sort of sold on these European dreams. I think that we've seen so far the, the, the list of players who have done that and gone to Europe um, through this path have not had the best of success. Um, and so, yeah. um, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, and the problem <clears throat> here is Christian, this is, and, and this is so, I don't know if people get this a lot, but I think it's super important to talk about. And, and I think maybe it's, it, 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 it involves even something deeper so that we won't get into the super deep part, but at, at when you're young and you're playing in professional soccer, every minute that you miss, of not playing professional soccer is a chance for somebody else to get better and to get past you. Um, people always ask, you know, can these guys come back and play for the LA galaxy? If they go to Europe and they come back, you know, can they play for the LA galaxy if it doesn't work out? And usually the answer is no. And the reason the answer is no is because the LA galaxy have also developed players who are now in those positions who are doing the path and have passed these guys. And when you don't get that playing time that can ruin a career. And I can't tell you how many 
ridiculously good athletes I have seen that their careers are over because they don't get playing time. One coach doesn't believe in them. A coach sends them somewhere where they shouldn't be sent. They go out on loan because Pete Vianis wants to see how that feels, you know, to, to send Jack McBean on loan over overseas to Coventry. I mean, all of these things, little tiny things that you're like at the time, you're like, oh, maybe that's okay, can drastically alter a young player's career. And in most cases, if it's not positive and things don't happen in the time there are, these players get passed. They can't make up that time. And there's usually no recovery from that. That's what we've seen with, you know, these uh, Kobe Foster Hernandez, right, was was one of the one of the guys who has gone. And now I think they cut ties with him um, from his team in Europe. And now he's a free agent as he explores other possibilities. And people are like, well, the Galaxy can put him back. The answer is no. There's no room on the USL roster now. They've developed people who are in those places. Mm-hmm. And those guys are in line to be moved up to the senior team. That's how this all works. And there will certainly be guys that they sell to other teams and that they like, you know, they, they think that they can, um, you know, put some good deals together for. But it really is important to understand what you're doing at this age, because if you make the wrong step, that wrong step can really come back to hurt you. Is that does that seem fair? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and a lot of these young guys get their heads turned by agents who offer them, you know, greener pastures than actually might not might be on the cards. And, and fortunately, it, but it happens in football all over the world. And unfortunately, at that age, you need to have about as wise a head guarding, uh, guiding you as possible. And a lot of times it's not. And, and uh, you know, these players and these families don't have any experience in, in these matters. And along comes an agent sometimes said, hey, I can get you you know, a nice sign-on fee over, you know, in the Belgian second division, you'll develop fine. But when you do that, like you said, you're also relinquishing your spot because there is another guy coming through on the conveyor belt, which is the way this league is heading right now. It's a league that's, you know, predicating a lot of its future on youth development. So when a Yanez goes off or when we see, you know, the likes of an Alvarado or Cuevas, then there's another one in the pipeline. Like, Cuevas is gone. Now comes Josh Drack, mm-hmm. another 17-year-old. He's only, he's chomping at the bit. It's competition for spots at that level. And, you know, it, it, you can't paint it with a broad brushstroke because what's right for one guy is one not right for the other guy where one kid is ready to go to Europe and he's ready. Like, for instance, Julian Aral was probably ready to go to Europe when he was about 18 years old. Right. But that, he's... The exception to the rule, Christian Pulisic was ready to go to Europe when he was 17 years old. Most 17-year-olds are not ready to go to Europe. Now there's more of a uh, a change and a paradigm where these guys are going like that. And some of them aren't ready, quite frankly. And when you're uprooting yourself and going into a foreign environment, especially as far as our kids have to go, where you're going to the belt, you know, the Bundesliga three, you're going to the, you know, the Jupiter League, you know, division two, and you're going into the Netherlands, a lot of them aren't ready for that. And Aside from the playing level, they're not ready for it. They're not ready for it, you know, as men, right? And, and as human beings, and and that has to be taken in, into account with it. So, and, and, but it happens everywhere. It happens from kids out of Africa. It happens from kids out of Mexico. It happens from kids anywhere where they get their heads turned sometimes in the wrong direction, and and every kid wants to shoot for the stars and aim as high as they can, and that's not necessarily the best step to take. Which for me is why I'm so impressed with Erling Holland's right. A career and he's he could have signed for Juventus two years ago and you know you know he's had sometimes big money money moves but his father Alfinga who played knows the best steps to take a lot of players don't have they don't, don't have that at their disposal to do that and he's the exception to that rule so and, and he sad me because I, you know the players like Cuevas I thought they had a tremendous upside yes and and Giannis and I think in their case 
quite frankly, I, I don't think it's the right thing for them to do. I think there is room for growth. Yes, that possibility is down the road. And that door is open to a certain extent for the next few years. But you need to do something first. And yeah. you really need to put your stamp on it. And making a few cameos and, you know, eight start, eight starts out of 20 or whatever, that's not that's not making a stamp. You really got to put your identity on. You've got to be the player that, that that's worthy of that caliber of move. And sometimes the players, they believe that they are better than they are. And you want that out of them. But you also want someone grounded in realism and saying, hey, that has their best interests at heart. And said, hey, this is where you can best develop your career because the people that are advising them, Josh, not necessarily have their best interest at heart. Yeah, they want to sell on fee, they want to transfer fee, they want a cut of that. Right. So, and that's where so many careers get derailed. I mean, we could, the list is on and on. I mean, that, I mean, listen, it goes back to Freddie Adu. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get that. And by the way, I should be very, very clear that there was a time when the LA Galaxy were almost <laughs> inept and unable to even consider keeping some of these kids. Um, because uh, again, I don't think the academy system was where it was. I don't think that there was focus yeah. enough on that academy system and on the USL yeah. system to actually make that a pipeline and move that through and understand where the developing talent was and who it was and when to make the offers for these guys. Because certainly I know that there were younger players who were like, well, they're not even paying attention to me. They're not even talking to me. And then yeah. the offers come too late, right? This is not just a, Hey, congratulations. We're going to give you a homegrown contract. This has to be stuff that has to be talked over for maybe years where you're sitting there going, listen, I really like the way that you're you know, developing. I'd like to see you get better at this. I'd like to see this, this, and this. And if we do these things and we keep moving in this direction, you are going to be such an asset to this club. We'll be so excited to have you. Um, and that's mm -hmm. a, that's a relationship deal. Those are, those are things that um, I think the LA galaxy were horrible at. And I think that's one of the things as we talked about earlier, that Dennis DeClosa has done um, 100%. is develop those relationships. And that's that, you know, so I, I don't even know if you can blame some of the earlier kids because the Academy wasn't in the shape or in, they didn't yeah. have the funnel, right? <clears throat> they, they weren't producing those players and they certainly yeah. weren't getting guys. Bruce Arena didn't play young guys for the most part. We know this, right? Yeah. Um, and so there wasn't that flow into the senior team. Now, then all of a sudden in 2017, it was, Hey, all you guys down at USL go play for MLS. And we yeah. saw, you know, and you saw how that works too. So, I mean, there has to be the balance to these things. And, but the, those relationships and those discussions start now for guys who they're going to sign in like two or three years. Yeah. But this now we're seeing MLS is making a huge paradigm shift. It's becoming a selling league. It is like across town. How many players have gone off from that team? Yep. And the latest of which has left. This is a selling. So that puts more pressure, more on us on these youth programs. It's not like the MLS 2.0 days where Bruce was in charge and, hey, it's just a senior team. Now you've got to worry about these guys coming through because you don't know, you know, you're going to lose your your next, you know, perhaps a Chicharito. Right. Who's going to step into his foot? And you have to be ready for that. And you have to have your two, three, four, you know, options in your head lined up and that predicates a lot of the responsibility on that youth program. I think he did hundred percent because, you know, five years ago, you'd be lucky to have one player make his way into the senior team for, you know, a two minute cameo, yep. you know, in, in a third game in, in eight days, yep. you know, on the road to the bottom team in the, in the conference. Now, yeah. That's not the case anymore. No, no. And the, the, the caliber player, quite, quite frankly, is a hell of a lot better than it used to be. Oh, so much better. In, in the second division than it is. And I, I, to be honest with you, I see a lot of these players in the second division that can play in MLS. Um, and just for some reason or another, it just hasn't worked out. So, yeah, it's the, the, the model shift is so different, and that puts more responsibility on that. And that's why 
it goes back to the conversation you and I were having about Dennis. Right. I think that's where Dennis excels. And to lose that, I think the galaxy would lose a big part of that identity and the the abilities in the youth department. It, it feels it feels that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I will tell you that, um, you know, having having done a little bit of, of research and understanding where, you know, Alejandro Alvarado is there, uh, the benefits for the L.A. Galaxy at this point are that there is some training compensation that would be involved should, you know, he go off yeah. and, and be, uh, you know, a, a player that that excels. Um, and so hopefully he will. I mean, I, I think you have to hope that all these kids that go off with these dreams of making it big um, can do that and will do that. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully the LA Galaxy don't ever see him again. He's 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 gone and he plays and he does all the things. I'll tell you right now, there's a bunch of those guys who are coming back that I get asked about all the time is, will the Galaxy welcome them back, you know, if they come back? And again, for the most part, the answer is no, which yeah. I think, but you have to understand the reason why. And I think we've, yeah. we've sort of said that, that that's the reason why. All right, let's uh, let's move on a little bit here um closing in uh, on on a little bit and obviously Colorado's coming up um on the weekend that's going to be a big game certainly whenever you look at the standings um we'll start in the eastern conference uh, first of all there were games again that took place over this international break so i just want to give everybody the update on it um right now it's new england on the eastern conference side 52 points orlando 38 points so a huge gap between first and second um in the eastern conference nashville is going to be a problem everybody keeps yep. not talking about them Christian and they are yep. defense wins championships and they are a very good defensive team uh, so uh, by the way uh, with uh, Walker Zimmerman there and uh, Dave Romney who of course wasn't good enough to play for the LA Galaxy but um, is certainly good enough to be part of one of the best defenses in Major League Soccer with Nashville so just keep that in mind uh, New York City plays on a postage stamp you can't take anything they do seriously they're at 34 <laughs> points Philadelphia at 32 I think people expected Philadelphia you to be a lot better than they are they're good they're just not great um so keep yeah. that in mind as we watch them again they want a supporter shield in a 22 game season all right it, and they didn't have to play anybody so just keep that in mind again uh montreal um is 31 points right now dc just above the line 30 points uh columbus uh, defending MLS Cup champions below the line right now in the Eastern Conference, and things aren't easy for them. They're actually as bad as Atlanta is, and Atlanta has gotten a little better, but not that much better. Uh, Miami is a bad team. Chicago is a bad team. New York Red Bulls should not be this bad, but they are. 22 points, uh, 12th place in the Eastern Conference. So said everybody for the last 20 years. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Somebody tries to make the argument that supporter shields are more important. And I'm like, you know, at one point they were just because of the balanced schedule and everything actually worked out. I go, but it hasn't been that way. And I go, what are you, a New York Red Bull fan? Like, what, what are you trying to, what is, what is going on here? Uh, Cincinnati, uh, 17 points. They're bad. But Toronto, remember, yeah. remember, remember everybody talking about Toronto and saying, well, we're pretty sure it wasn't just Greg Vanny who made Toronto great. And then Greg was, must've seen the writing on the wall. Cause they, they just, he jammed and they are horrible. So they bring up, uh, the last so place team in the Eastern conference there. Uh, as we go over to the Western conference, Seattle at 42 points, Colorado. That's right. The Colorado Rapids, the LA galaxy will be playing on Saturday are currently in second place, 41 points, by the way, hold the best points per game average in that Western conference. I'm trying to see 1.95. Yeah. So they are second, they are second overall 1.95 for points per game um, with 21 games played. Remember they had a game in game in hand. Uh, they had two games in hand. They made one up. They played San Jose. It was one, one. 
I think um, all the way until the very end or it was zero zero until like the 90th minute. And then they scored a goal against San Jose and that gave them the win on the road. So that gets them up to 41 points. Colorado is going to cause people problems. Um, and yep. they, and I think they're going to cause the LA galaxy problems coming up on Saturday. Um, of course we'll have a Thursday show to really get into that sporting Kansas city, uh, has played 23 games. So one more than most of the teams in major league soccer and on the Western conference. And they are at 40 points. Then it's the LA galaxy in fourth place, 36 points, 1.64 points per game, Minnesota, five points back. Uh, 31 points, Portland at 30 points, Salt Lake City at 30 points. The Galaxy need to do all that they can, Christian, to stay yeah. in that upper group, right? You want to be in that top four um, with the 42, 41, 40, and the Galaxy have some work to do to, to sort of catch up to those guys because you don't want to be mired down in this other group where it's very close. Fifth place is at 31 points. Uh, if you want to sock just six points removed is 11th place with uh, with FC Dallas at 25. So that's how tight everything is. LAFC is at 27 points, ninth place uh, outside the playoff picture right now. But I think they're surging a little bit. Uh, they got they got some luck there whenever they played SKC over the weekend. Uh, a little red yeah. card razzle dazzle and some some pent up frustrations um, and uh, supporting Kansas City. Clearly not the same team um, with some of their internationals missing. So that was to be expected. Uh, 29 points for Vancouver. I'm trying to see the worst teams austin and houston by the way all three texas teams dallas 11th austin 12th houston 13th uh that being said always very difficult to go to any of those places and the la galaxy will be going to austin um to play in a relatively short amount of time so that's where we sit in terms of standings just in the supporter shield new england currently 10 points ahead seattle because the Eastern Conference is weak and Bruce Arena has uh, them playing well. Colorado at 41 points in third place. Fourth place is Kansas City. Fifth place, Orlando. Sixth place, Nashville. LA Galaxy in seventh place right now um, in that Supporter Shield race. All right. Uh, what does all that tell you, Christian? Do you, I mean, what, what do you feel like? I know September is going to be nuts. We've talked about September being yeah. nuts. Uh, this isn't going to be sort of a happy-go-lucky September for the Galaxy. They're going to spend most of their time on the road. Um, there's some tough games in there as well. I mean, do, do you feel like the Galaxy are in a position where they can hang on in September? Do you feel like they can thrive in September, or are they going to be stepping backwards in September? I, I don't know. That's how I would say it's going to be a grind. It's going to be the biggest challenge is ahead of us. Right. Because if you look upon the, you know, the spring, the, the schedule is pretty charitable, and, and Colorado is no joke. Yeah. That is a real team. Um, from top to bottom, they don't get fanfare. They don't have the individual talent, minus maybe a Cole Bassett. Um, it's a team that's very good. I was very impressed with their composure on uh, the last outing against the Galaxy in Carson. And then Houston's always a wild card. Minnesota, they're going to be chomping at the bit, especially after that you know standout performance from Klinsman last month. Uh, but it's they, 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 you expect at least to share the points away to Austin, and who knows what kind of a wild card you're going to get at the end of September. Uh, way to Real Salt Lake. Who knows what's going on with that thing? But <laughs> um, that—that's—that's that's craziness, by the way. That is—that yeah, is—that is such a that have your your head coach go leave, and and in the middle of a season and go be an assistant coach for. I mean, what does it say about the organization right now? Where your yeah. head coach, who's the skipper, is like, I'm going to take a number two job. Doesn't say much about the organization, and we know about the Deloy Hansen situation. Right. That hasn't been resolved. It's almost a festering wound. It's a great club with good people, very good players uh, that have potential. You hate to see that, but that's what it is. That's what's going on. So they're kind of an X factor. But 
I mean, you, you look at that, you've got the space of five games there. Yeah. You know, you hope for you, you, that Colorado game coming up on Saturday is going to be tough, and, and a loss is not outside of the realm of possibility. You would expect to see maximum points against Houston. Right. The thing is, the Galaxy, we can sit here and talk about possible opponents and you know prognosticate and, and see who's going to play well against this. Yeah, there's a common theme to this team it has an ethos they are not and, and greg touches on it on his they're not hard enough to play against right and it sounds like a broken record but until you rectify that problem i mean you know it's six most goals allowed right in the league right but you've got the six best attack that kind of says it right there i mean you're dead even you have zero goal differential that really says a lot i mean it's a stat but i think it kind of represents a lot where they're not hard enough to play against and you always know that no team's going to be a no opponent's going to be killed off. Right, and that's not something that we have seen progress through the season for me. Um, and it comes down to individual errors. And you, you and and Kevin and Hammer have talked about it, where there's individual battles aren't being won um, throughout large areas of the pitch. You know, man for man, not all of them, but some of them. Um, and you're putting a lot of pressure on your attack. It's minus its best attacking player, the best overall player, Chicharito Hernandez, who's missed more games than he's played. So on the other hand, you're like, in, given that situation, hey, you know, you're in the fourth position. Job well done. They're, for me, they're right where I expected them to be. But I feel like this is the wishbone. This is the fork in the road right. where this month is going to tell us everything we need to know about the Galaxy. It's going to tell us about their character, um, the depth of the team, what they're made of. The goals are coming, and I like to see that. And I, I think there's attacking progress with Cabral starting starting to find his feet. Right. Um, Vasquez finding those spots. All these international cops have really helped a lot. But defensively is where I really see a lot of problems in this team, and I'm not sold on it. No, to be quite frankly, and, and it's 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 not just the back four. But but it can't it can't just be defenders, right? How many how many defenders have have the LA Galaxy gone through in the last 4 years and there's been defensive issues the last 4 years. It's a mentality and I know Greg says it and I will I will absolutely echo. It's a mentality. It's understanding that you are you that how to play defense. It's understanding how to slow things down. It's understanding and Greg says it all the time. He goes, "I think sometimes we don't recognize like the really dangerous player and we go after the guy who's not that dangerous." And he goes, we collapse on him. We send three guys in the guy who's not dangerous. Then there's the dangerous player standing yeah. in the middle of the box. Um, you know, they don't hold their shape. No. And you need and to, there's hold also too much space between the lines. And he and, and he, he says that Yes. where you'll see pressing, you don't, yeah. for, for me, I don't see enough defense from the front from this team. Yeah. That's just my observation. My, um, and, and, and any coach will tell you, especially if you're trying to predicate an approach of possession football, you need because what what do what do great possession teams do? They win it back right. high up. Yes, we're not doing that. No, and we're not good enough in possession right now. I think that's fair to say. The the potential to be good in possession, I think, is there, but defensively in those situations, when we lose the ball, we are so vulnerable, and there's so many gaps out there, and and we're not compact with the lines, and you, know, you see so much. How many times have we seen it where we've even before well, before Revelison was here, it was a massive, massive problem. I thought, and he's plugged a lot of that that space up. But still, it is a problem where there's there's a gap between that midfield line and the defense, and that puts a lot of pressure on the defense. And it's not an excuse for them; they haven't covered themselves in glory. But you know, it's also you have to, to take it with a grain of salt for them, where they they've had their problems. And you know, if you look at the stats in this in the league, 
the LA Galaxy are amongst the, if not the league leaders in attempts faced mm -hmm. and shots coming at them. Yep. I mean, it's almost like teams are running downhill against the Galaxy. Yes. And that can't go on. And that starts higher up the pitch where you lose that ball, it's got to be one back in a higher area, or at least you have to recover your shape enough to stifle any you know counterattack, which is job one, and then try and win it back after that. So that's that's just my observation. What I see, um, and I I feel that something along that line. Greg Vanny's a heck of a lot smarter than I am because right. we're about football, but I feel that that's kind of what he's talking about, and I, I see it, it and and it's it's something that keeps repeating itself. Yep. Yeah, so. no, it, it is, and and you can see, and you can see, Greg, Greg understands those things, right? And you see it from him, and he under he like you can see him on the sidelines. I like watching whenever I'm just at the game. I just I'll stare at him while the game's going on because mm -hmm. he gets upset at things that you don't necessarily. You sit yeah. there and you go, he'll throw his hands down, and you'll be like, well, what? And then you go and look at what what happens on the field, and he's like, he already saw it breaking down, and he saw where it was coming, he knew it was All coming, right. and and it's like you know he's sitting there going, here it comes, I can see it, ah, oh, here, yep, yeah, mm -hmm, the whole deal. Um, yeah, it has to be, it has to be better. And he said that he had basically the galaxy had three weeks and this is part of that. Th this is now the end of that three weeks hang yeah. heading into Colorado a game at altitude, um, that he says that the defense will be better, right? He says, I will fix it. And uh, you know, it will be better. He didn't say the defense would be fixed. He said it would be better. And I need to make sure I, I clarify that. Cause I think some people were like, how's he going to fix the defense in three weeks? No, he said it would be better oh it's great it's and this is a great you're, you're spot on josh because any coach will tell you when you're, you're in this type of situation where you're leaking too many goals the first thing you're going to do is fix that back line but i'm so tired of seeing on discord or whatever we see where it's all the back four's fault yeah it's, it's not it's not it starts up with your number nine yes all the way back to your number one it's yeah. not just you know it, and it can't fault. be it's not Koulibaly's fault and, and it can't be and that's why again that's why how many i mean I actually think that there were some good defenders overall for the LA Galaxy yeah. in years past that maybe, you know, didn't get the the shake that it did. I mean, I still believe that People Gonzalez was the right guy to go get whenever you got him because it made a whole bunch of sense that he would come back and he would be good. Now, that didn't end up working mm -hmm. out, but that certainly was the thing. I mean, you know, uh, Siani, Michael Siani, was he as bad as everybody? Th no, I don't think he was as bad, but certainly the Galaxy defense was not very good whenever he was, he was there. So I think that a lot of the failures of this this mentality that we've seen, this lack of mentality, this lack of toughness, lack of being difficult to play against, the defense reaps those. Those. Do you think? Those, I, mean, I, I got a question. Right? Do you think? I, I know what you're saying by mentality, and I don't know what you think. I mean, I don't think it's a lack of application, which makes me feel great. Like you know, it's, it's I, not. I feel the application is there, but what do you think it? And you say mentality, right. but. Um, it, there's something more to that. It's almost like scratching the surface. You it know? it, it I, is. And I think that if you, you would talk to Greg about it, cause he's the one who rails on about like just being, he's, he's talking about one being smarter and then knowing when to press, right? Yeah. It's the understanding of what everybody else is going to do. And this is a Greg Vanny system. I mean, he would talk about how in Toronto he was working on a system and it's like, well, this is only our third year in it. So really I wouldn't expect us to be, you know, masters <laughs> of it. And it's like, you're talking about the LA galaxy who have played 22 games in this exactly, Greg Vanny exactly. system. With and, 17 new players. Yeah. With 17 year old players. And even he admits he's further along than he thought he would be. So, yeah. I mean, uh, through this whole thing. So, I mean, again, September's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, I it's think, 
it, slog. It's going to be a slog. And you're going to need guys like Ravellison. Um, quite honestly, you're going to need guys like Jonathan Dos Santos, guys who slow things down. Everybody wants to bag on guys like Sebastian Legette, who they think doesn't don't do enough. But Legette, in my mind, is one of the few guys who is able to get in front of people and slow them down in that transition when the Galaxy are giving up balls. He does a lot of yeah. little things like that. He doesn't give up balls. No, and he, that's another thing. He doesn't give up balls. People may argue that they'll say, oh, well, he passes backwards all the time. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. get open in front of him and he'll find you in front of him too. You, I mean, you can even watch him in the U.S. men's national team game, one of the best chances that they had um, against Canada was a Sebastian Legette play. He will find you if you are open, so be open. And I think the Galaxy do a bad job of getting themselves open whenever the midfield has the ball. They do a bad job of staying connected with that midfield, even the forwards and mm -hmm. the wingers, right? And then they give up the ball. Everybody's pressed forward. The defense isn't connected with the midfield. Now there's all this room to run. Here comes the counterattack. How many times have we seen the LA Galaxy do very well with possession? but not do anything with that possession and then, gig, then yeah. give that ball up and see counterattacks. We've seen that too many times. That's been the story of this year. And me, I think I stumbled across something the last show I did, which is this LA Galaxy team to me feels like a team that wants to be a possession-based team. And that's how Greg oh, yeah. Vanny wants them to play, right? But they're a better counterattacking team. And right. that's the problem right now. It's just if they sat back and played defense first, I think they would find some success in that. Now, I'm not saying not all the time, but I feel yeah. like they're a better counterattacking team right now than they are a possession-based team. And eventually, Greg Vanny has to say, am I trying to get to the playoffs and win playoffs games this year, or am I trying to develop my system? Mm -hmm. And how do I develop a possession-based system knowing that maybe I'm a better counterattacking team right now? And maybe that's not even 100% true, but there's elements to that that I think are true. Yeah. No, I think I think also to, it, what the overriding point also too is they're not good in possession in long enough spells. And when you're not good in possession, then you put yourself in a position where you are, you know, depending on counterattacks. But when they do go forward, they have looked dangerous going against defenses on the break in transition and breaking like that. I don't, I don't think this team is built to be a bunker in a counterattack. I don't think it's a four four two team. I don't. Right. I don't think that's in Greg. Vanny. It's yeah, not in Greg Vanny's, no. you know, it's not in his locker. No, it's not part of Greg who Vanny is to play football. He wants to play expansive football and he doesn't want to play football just for the sake of being attractive. He, it's also has a purpose and results behind it. Unfortunately, it just doesn't, you know, come to the fruition that he wants. I think it's on track to be that. But when you say, does he want to develop his system or does he want points? Obviously, the priority is more on the latter right now because you know, that's where every manager is judged. And the, to me, the, the genius of Vanny is recognizing what's working and what's not yes. in the middle of a game yes. and what his players can bring to you. And we haven't had that for the last few coaches. No. And that's where he excels. And I think, I mean, I think that's where he will get that right and develop that right style because he's not going to force a style upon a group of players that aren't conducive to play that style yeah. for me. Um, now, but to me, this team is not, its deficiencies aren't in coaching. <laughs> no. The players are, are, the players are culpable for this. Yes. Not a hundred percent. I mean, but they have a huge degree to play and he's, I feel like he's put them in really good positions to succeed and, and, and they have to do it. It's them. Yeah. And, but, but take a step back in the overall broad scheme of things where, like you said, the last four years have just flat out sucked. Yes. This you know, almost feels like we're winning MLS cups at sometimes, you know, where we're sitting up here like this. <laughs> it does. Like, look at this football. And they play some great stuff, you know, in fleets and starts. Look, it's not what we want to see all the time. Yeah. But you can't go from four years of being awful to 
you know, going out and, and, and playing, you know, Barcelona 2008. Yeah. That just no, doesn't no, happen. No, it, it makes sense. By the way. Uh, so that's, that's where the balance. And I, I, I mean, that's a tough one, Josh. Uh, <laughs> ultimately, he's going to get it right. And also, too, like, if you look at this team, what are its strengths? Yes. Like, what do you feel that what style suits us? Is it? Yeah. We're, we're not a sit back and counter. No, team, you can't. We? But we but we're not going to possess you off the park. No, and and they and they they struggle with verticality at times, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly, and, and Vanny talks about that all the time. Getting runs in behind, it's like this team wants to pass. Or again, this is an unfinished project. The reason that we can't yeah. tell what the Galaxy are quote unquote good at, um, I think they're good at competing. I think that's their thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and character, and all the people in the chat room who always say they need more heart. I'm always like, you can't ask for any more than these guys are giving. And quite honestly, the guys under Guillermo Barrascolota were giving everything they had left in the tank yeah. too. And but they got accused of not playing with heart. And it's like, well, yeah, because they were exhausted. You can't you can't run more. That was Guillermo's yeah. main thing. Run more. You know the whole deal. And I see I see a whole bunch of things. By the way, uh, shout out to Patrick, uh, five dollar super chat. Uh, he says uh, this conversation is very entertaining. Thank you, Patrick. Always very practical with his compliments. <laughs> but um, we appreciate that. And I think he was talking about some of the some of the other stuff um, uh, that we were talking about before this in terms of developing players and all of those things as well. So. Um, you know, just a heads up again, LA Galaxy will travel on. We'll wrap things up for this show. The Galaxy will travel to play Colorado coming up 1230 p.m. kickoff time. Uh, this game is on uh, Univision, so you're going to want to check that out. Um, I think also a uh, maybe a radio feed, Christian, for LAGalaxy.com. Is that one uh, not you this time? Is that is that Absolutely. is that going to be Joe? Uh, Joe in there uh, on Colorado? Yeah. You know, that's me. It's you. All right, cool. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, you know, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, oh. Joe was on that one. It got changed. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they so, yeah. made it a, a nationally televised Any, game. Anytime Joe's doing TV, basically, I'm I'm on doing the dot uh, com, lagalaxy.com radio slash YouTube. So please, please give it a listen. Yeah, yeah. It will. It'll absolutely be there. So uh, <laughs> lagalaxy.com and on their YouTube station, uh, you can find that. So check that out. Uh, LA Galaxy will probably, and I'm guessing they're going to get there as late as they possibly can. Uh, to play Colorado, the general consensus from uh, from physiologists and everybody is that unless yeah. you're going to get there like a week, week and a half before the game in order to get uh, acclimated to any of the altitude, then you get there in as late as possible. Um, mm -hmm. Anything in between does not help you. Uh, so Josh, I, I totally agree. I was there. I was doing a rugby tournament two weeks ago. Yeah. And I never had a problem with altitude. And... I, I, I felt like I was a hundred years old oh. by, you know, 24 hours in it, it and is, I know it's like, Oh, it's an, it's an, it is a real thing. And you know, the funny thing is I'd never felt it before going, you know, throughout my life. I'm, I'm, I'm a man of a certain age now. Yeah. So that's gotta be factored into it. But, um, my, that's just something that gets overlooked too. So it, yeah, it, it totally is. And and so you try to get there as late as possible. I'll tell you that like a lot of times you can not feel it like the first 12 hours or 24 hours sometimes, especially if you're yeah. a professional athlete, you can sort of not feel it. But then once you start yeah. running, you will feel it. Um, oh, it's, yeah. al it's always good. The second day I'm always in Denver is the day that I start just like you're sitting down on the couch and you go, <gasps> <sighs> and you're like, why yeah. am I out of breath? I didn't do anything. And your legs feel like lead. Uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's, it's, it is absolutely in effect. So that'll be there. Now, the good news is the Galaxy have had all this rest. So they are as rested as they yeah. can be. They should have as many players available as they can. We should get internationals back. We'll see if those internationals play any part in this Colorado game. But this is a big game for the Galaxy. Getting a result in Colorado, this would be fine. Um, getting a oh. draw on the road against this Colorado team that is very, very good. Um, and yeah, I think everybody remembers what that, what Colorado did to the galaxy at home. I'm sure you would want to go in and steal three points from them. 
um, in Colorado. I don't think that's the uh, this is the game for that. We'll talk about this coming up on Thursday, so I don't want to yeah. get too far into it. And uh, we'll uh, I imagine the LA Galaxy are going to have a media call scheduled on Thursday morning or Thursday mm. midday. So we should have uh, all updates on everybody and sort of understand where everybody is for this game coming up on Saturday. But again, at 12 p.m. Greg against Robin. Yeah, it's again, best, friends, best friend. They know each other so well and like oh, they, they're yeah. going to they're going to try to outplay each other. And it's oh, it's so much fun. Oh. Yeah, they, I mean, it's it's it's. I think it's fascinating. I mean, and the 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 little tit for tats yeah. in terms of adjustments. Yeah. Do you know I mean, it's they have a very similar outlook on it. But I thought Robin got a little got the better of Greg he, the last game. He did, um, and I think Greg will be thinking about that right now, and probably yeah. has since the since the LAFC <laughs> game is over. Uh, I would imagine that Greg goes to sleep at night thinking about Robin Frazier. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I'm absolutely he went to dinner and thrash it out and had a laugh about it. They, they probably did absolutely 100. Yeah. percent But at the same time, they're also they're they're really great competitors. Whenever that comes, um, so it should be a fun game to watch. Hope everybody gets a chance to watch it again. It's on Univision, so should be able to find that on your uh, local stations there. Um, and I, I, does Univision also do theirs on Twitter? That one might also be a Twitter game. I'll check it out and make sure that uh, I know. It's always like in 17 million places. Get your rabbit ears up. I don't know. We'll, we'll, know. we'll figure it out. We will figure yeah. it UHF, out. UHF, maybe? Yeah, I, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. We're like, what are they talking about? Yeah, no, there's, I remember the old rabbit ears on my grandparents' television. Like oh, you yeah. would turn it and things would move and it was a great thing I had, to play I had with. rabbit ears with channels on them. What, amazing. Amazing. It was it was pretty amazing. It, w- it was good times back in the day. Um, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and get Christian. Anything else you want to get to? Or are we good? Uh, no, man, good. it was great. Thanks for having me on. I know I have big shoes to fill, um, you know, in for uh, the panda. So I yep. love listening to you guys. Thanks for having me aboard. It was a lot of fun. No, it was great. Tell people where they can find you. Go for it. Uh, C-Miles Sports uh, is my Twitter handle. You can catch me on Pac-12 Networks and, of course, LAGalaxy.com or YouTube Radio Galaxy Radio Feed. Give us a listen. We always back up Kobe and Joe when they're doing the Spectrum game. But if you can't listen to them or watch them, tune in to LAGalaxy.com or hit us on YouTube. We'd love to have you chime in and uh, just give us a listen. Yeah. yeah Christian is, is a great guy. We're glad that uh, we could bring him to you today. So thanks, Christian. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over, cornerofthegalaxy.com. We're fired back up. We're ready for September. September is a long month. Galaxy winding their way towards the playoffs. Let's see if they can hold on to it. All right. For Mr. Christian Miles filling in for Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.